I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey guys. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Oh, Jason, so I am still cleaning out ash from my nose. I spent Saturday morning (laughs) cleaning up the uh, ash from the front yard and the, our courtyard, and halfway through I didn't realize how much I was inhaling, and then I switched to my mask finally, but uh, was blowing my nose after, and a lot of ash in my nose. The good boogers, you got the good boogers. (laughs) Uh, And then... uh, and then Friday, I wanted to mention this. Um, so we're, we're not talking about this at all, uh, but I just wanted to mention it as an update. Friday, because we had an episode on this earlier this year. I think it was designers versus architects or something like that, Was I think it was called. Okay. Um, I lost another job to a contractor um, who has their air quote architect under their umbrella and their quote architects price was like a third of mine. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's a lot. That's got to be an eyebrow raiser. Yeah. So, and the thing the thing that I don't think we mentioned in the last time we had a conversation like that was one of the things that is an illusion for the client cuz they're looking at apples to apples in their mind of architect fee. They're I'm going to use a real term, uh, most likely designer is not really processing and looking through the entire project and working through design and uh, dealing with the city and doing detailed code 
review and you know catching all these things up front most of the time because i see these jobs like we talked about with uh pablo getting the landscape jobs that people like me did in, <laughs> in college but this, but this could be a college kid too, yeah. saying what the hell i could do this too, yeah and, exactly and be happy with a third the wage right exactly could be. Could be. and then the other uh, the other part of that that we did not talk mm-hmm. about is the contractor is burying the rest of my fee in their in their fee so you don't you see you're looking what you think you're looking at is architect versus architect but it's actually the architect or the the tr- designer that they have is basically a drafter and charging drafter fees right. and all of the you know dealing with the city and all of that stuff is just hidden in the contractor's side of it and they have a, a much larger number so you don't, you don't even pay attention to any of that well at least that's what we tend to believe is the case, right? We don't know for sure, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That could possibly be the case. They know the guy, whatever it is, just draw me a plan. I'll take care of the code stuff. I'm going to do the permit polls, all that kind of stuff anyway. So I just need a plan. Cause like part of it was, um, part of the fee was, and the, and the client thankfully shared this with me just so I can get some more insight. So his, his fee was like a third of mine and then he said if he had to coordinate with the engineer, that would basically bring it up to about half of what mine was. Tech, tech, tech. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, and then the contractor was going to take over that service. So it kept it at the third of my fee. It's, so. it's an interesting thing because even we run into stuff too, where I'll look at like a quote unquote competitive bid, which is the same thing you're talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it says it's the same material we have, the same footage, the same labor, doing all the same things we have, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't even sometimes take into consideration like overheads and whatnot. Like Mm -hmm. I just look at the raw cost of a job. Mm -hmm. And somehow with the exact same thing we're supposedly doing all the (laughs) way through, raw cost, their number comes in underneath our raw cost. Yeah. And granted, we buy millions of dollars worth of product as opposed to a mom and pop that buys who knows what, right? Yeah. So a one and done type deal. And so I just look at the people whenever that happens and I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I don't see any way possible they're really <laughs> going to do all of the things that we're saying we're going to do when they're less than my raw cost. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's just no way. And I'm like, so I, you know, I'm not going to fight with you. If you can get that deal, that's amazing. Yeah. Please go do so. Yeah. But don't be surprised if like, like please dig deeper. Yeah. You know, is what I tell them. I'm like, just dig deeper. So you're not let, you know, caught holding the bag and you think you're going to pay X amount and it's really X two or whatever it is. Yeah. Because most times like, what, what do we always like? What was ba- basic business sense? Yeah. You get all your bids, mm-hmm. right. Or whatever it is, your cost, where you throw out the low, you throw out the high and you figure somewhere in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's usually the case. And I think these days, I know you're going to get into marketing and advertising type stuff in the moment here. Yeah. But it's like the low price wins. Yeah. And everybody believes what somebody's telling them. And it's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) back up that train. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, Yeah. I I feel for you on that, man. But that's but that's a really good tip that you shared. I don't know if you meant to do that specifically or not, but I have gone to people before and said, hey, can you help me for the next whatever? Like, you know, support whatever you understand. I would just love the information. Like, I'm not going to argue with you so I can maybe make ourselves better for somebody in the future. Yeah. And and that is the truth. Mm -hmm. But then it also helps me get a better understanding of what's really going on because I want to know what I'm going against the next time as well. Exactly. Right. Instead of just being like that, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way. Screw you people, you know, which is how you feel. Yeah. 
you know, what can you really get out of it? Right. That whole idea where people always tell you like, you don't really lose, you learn, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, you lost, but then go learn something from it. You yeah. Know, like that kind of thing. So I yeah. think that's a really good nugget you threw out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is helpful for me to understand a lot more, but now I'm game. You got to learn the game. Yeah. It's the game. Now I'm considering getting a contractor's license. Uh, oh. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I really want to do you become that. one of those guys. Huh, buddy? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let's shift to what we really came to talk about was uh, I had this theory uh, a while ago that the future of basically employment jobs were going to sort of converge around, I think it was like three different things, but one of them in particular was entertainment. And this is kind of a weird explanation, but I think even all jobs are going to sort of be pulled into an entertainment avenue. And one part of that is like we're seeing, you know, business cards are not even important in any sense of the your imagination. People just, I don't know, when I used to go to events, I get, I come back with like 40 business cards and they would just sit in a stack and collect dust. I wouldn't even look at them. And networking events are not really what they used to be anymore. So everybody's starting to shift towards creating their own media arm of their companies to sort of spread the word and, you know, creating podcasts like us, uh, YouTube channels and different things like that. And one of the proofs of that is Apple, who does like an annual event every, I think it's every year. I think it's an annual event. I think it's an annual event. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're an Apple guy, so... Sort of. <laughs> well, I use, I use all Apple because you, as you uh, nice nicely air quote pointed out on one of the last episodes, I'm not a tech guy, yeah. so I don't deal with the, the issues. Like I'm not. I just I I don't have the patience for you, it. You don't know the specs and everything. Nothing. I mean, literally, it's like I ask people that are smart, yeah, and and pay attention to these things. And I'm like, what should I get? And yeah. sometimes it's the top thing. Sometimes it's the middle thing. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like, this is all you need. Yeah. Um, because I just want to open stuff up and have it work. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, <laughs> it sounds super sad, yeah. but it's the truth. For me. Yeah. So Apple has been, you know, growing uh, pretty rapid or not rapidly, but consistently for quite some time. And they have made some technical shifts to where they're creating their own uh, chips. This is going to go over your head, Jason. It's like the A9 something. I mean, they talk about it on all the stuff when I went to go buy a new MacBook, right? M1. Okay. <laughs> that was close. Is there, is there, that was a tank, by the way. Wrong letter, <laughs> wrong number. <laughs> so they're creating their own uh, chips now, and their computers are much faster. I was looking at the their presentation that they did, and you see all these testimonials of people talking about how fast it is, and I'm just like dreaming here as my computer freezes up when I'm trying to save a podcast and multitask and get some other stuff done while that podcast is saving or, or you know, uploading. And uh, this is the first time I've considered Apple over PC because for the, my entire... Yeah, for my entire life, I've always been like, oh, Mac, I would never do that. But now that I'm creating all of this content which uh, Apple has sort of centered themselves around is all the creative um, fields. I'm, I'm starting to think like, hmm, maybe I should shift to a Mac. But to my original point, uh, you should. 
there's <laughs> uh so to my original point there's this shift happening because in that uh presentation they also pointed out that i can't remember what the exact timeline was if it was quarterly or for all of 2020 so far but 50 percent of sales went to first-time mac users and they anticipate that next quarter uh 65 to 70 percent will be first-time users makes sense that's a huge um for for a company that's been around for so long to have that high of a number be first-time users, there's there's a big shift happening. For sure. Maybe it has to do with the idea that when you have a lot of people now that are at home all the time and they don't have like IT that's running around. I mean, my like mm. my my true belief is, and, and again, I'm really dumb when it comes to this stuff, so I want people to understand that, but I opened up my Mac mm-hmm. and it like, I, I think I said before, it almost always works. And I'm only saying almost, but I can't really remember a time when it like, I had to restart, do all these other kind of things and reload things and do all this kind of stuff. Like I, it's just, it it works. Yeah. And I could be severely lucky, but my son has a MacBook. My daughter has a MacBook. My wife has a MacBook. I ha- you know what I mean? And it just, it just works. So for somebody that doesn't have maybe the patience or the um, ability to understand it, that might be one of the, that's always, that, that was what sold me originally was that it's just easy. It's easy to use. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what I needed. So maybe that has something to do with it. And on, and not only that, like, let's, let's be real. They have done a far better job building a culture and branding their product oh, than sure. anybody, than anybody. I mean, my 12 year old son, like he wants everything Apple <laughs> Yeah, just because it's cool. You know what I mean? And that probably has a ton to do with it. A ton, yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, it's not even close. They're, they're so much better branded than anybody. It's not even close. It's a lifestyle. Oh uh, yeah. But I do think part of that is the, business shift to creating like when i don't even know if do you still hand out business cards dude i have stacks of them and they look cool <laughs> yeah um and i go to so no i don't i don't even bring one with me anywhere i go i think i have a stack in my car where i literally like write notes to people yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like hey you know good to see you and i leave it on their windshield or something like that right yeah but that's probably the only thing i actually have them for i mean even like you know we don't really do networking events right now right but when i meet people you know, it's full on. Like, it's the easiest thing, actually. It's like, hey, let me just text you right now. Or why don't you text me your info, yeah. grab your number. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do that. And then I'll follow up with you or let me shoot you an email. So you automatically get there on the Apple thing. It's called their V card. I don't know, you know what it is on, on anybody else's, but um, but the business card's dead. Yeah. I mean, it, at least in my opinion, I think people that want to look cool by, you know, grabbing one that says, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they <laughs> hand it to them like, hey, I'm cool or like I'm important, right? Yeah but I think all that stuff is dead. I really do. And I don't know if you guys have considered it creating your own sort of. Not a chance to know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the question was, have you guys considered creating sort of your own YouTube or uh, committing more to like uh, on social media, doing like long form videos of the warehouse or Stuff like that to sort of show what you do. So I think, you know, I'll, I'll be fair. I think at one point there was a discussion as to whether or not we should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were like, like I've mentioned before, we were privately held for a long, long time. And the, the, the um, owners and founder um, was very, very private. You know what I mean? Always kept pretty close to the vest and things like that, which I respect in a lot of ways and, and was never, 
I mean, really didn't even want me to do like a social media page for what we had going on. So it was a very, very old school. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, from a cost benefit way for me, it didn't really matter because um, I didn't feel we were going to gain anything one way or the other. If anything, it was through the personal relationships that I had with other people. So just my own page and taking pictures of their product and pumping them up some and whatever else mm-hmm. that did enough. You know what I mean? It, we're not, we're not going after retail. Right. So we're not going after one job after another. So I think um, where we look for like big contracts for multiple tracks. Right. Um, so I think somebody that's like a sole proprietor that does a product based or a singular based transaction for the most part, um, it, it's, it's much more valuable. Yeah. So it wasn't a losing, it wasn't a win or lose thing for me at all in that situation. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, the, we had a guest on earlier this season, uh, I think is our second long form episode. Um, it was on the evolution of construction. One of our guests has a, a social media. Um, oh, the, the Building Science Fight Club, that one? No, no, no. The second one of that. I still love that one, by the way. Yeah. Like I always, I, I am subscribed to that page and I read everything she puts out. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she does some good stuff. But on the second episode, we also had uh, Tim Euler from uh his so i can't remember his company which is terrible but uh his <laughs> handle was uh the, or his company handle is uh awesome framers and they have like ninety thousand followers and they just do little short clips of them in the field doing you know different things framing up the roof and you know uh sealing windows and different things like that and they have like a huge following and I imagine they probably get, you know, some business and attention off of that as well. For sure. And it's no cost. Yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah. I mean, they just take out their phone and record somebody nailing for 30 seconds and pop it up and that's it. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's interesting, but I think, I think that's the way that all industries are going to start to shift is having to create this sort of media feed of their business as part of their marketing effort. But to your point of the quick response, quick initial response of no, um, it has to be a younger company. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to have, and I'm not knocking and saying, well, two, two things. Let me back up real quick. I think it's going to necessitate doing that because the original advertising and marketing outlets Mm -hmm. are not being utilized to this, not being utilized or trusted or viewed Mm -hmm. to the same effect as they were in years past. Yeah. Right. So I don't even like my wife's the best case. She doesn't watch commercials. Mm -hmm. Like she records everything and then fast forwards through all of it. Right. And so now you do have some of the, the entertainment channels that have figured it out where it's like, you can't go past, you know, whatever, like you don't have a choice, the internet based ones. Um, but all those, nobody reads the newspaper anymore. Like you get your, you get your news through social media. Like you have, like you realize, and, and, and we won't even go into whether or not I think that's the best idea, right? <laughs> Print media but is completely dead. It's dead, right? So you look at it from that perspective. So you still have, you know, which look at the barriers to entry to be able to do, you know, um, like television and stuff like that. Well, the cost is just stupid, right? But on social media, it's free. So since, since so many things are free in that, in that space, so goes advertising marketing for the most part. And if it, that's really where people are going. So I think it's going to begin in this, when you have a new product or you're going to start a new company or whatever, like that's, you're going to have to do that because otherwise you're missing the entire market. I mean, you're not really selling to the guys that still get the newspaper anymore. Yeah. You're, 
generally not doing that. But if you did go look at the average, this is an interesting and fun thing to do. I did it like a couple of weeks ago. I bought a Sunday paper to see what the advertisements were in there. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing cool to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the most part, besides the cars and whatever, but like you look at all of these other things that are a little bit more a generation and a half beyond me. Yeah. That's what it's all doing because it's, it's eyed to that. Right. So I think from that situation, when we're talking about it, it's going to be a younger generation that that's leading that company. That's going to have to do that. Yeah. And one of the one of the problems is the barrier of entry in that, you know, having to have a team to generate something like that. And that's kind of why we or one of the parts of Gable Media is to sort of break down that barrier and to have a team ready to go to help people create their own outlets of of, uh, video or podcasts. Um, and have a team already there available to do that. That's going to be one arm of it, aside from just our own uh, curated content. But um, yeah, I think that's sort of the future of where people are going to have to go. So well, and it makes it makes sense to your point when you're talking about Apple, right? So you use like my wife's dance studio, yeah, right. So she's an owner operator, and you know, with our partner, but she does like a lot of the administrative stuff, and 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 built the website, handles the website, does all that kind of stuff. She says with the programs that are available these days, I don't know which one she uses, WordPress maybe or something like that. Um, but she does she, she does it all on a Mac and she's like, it's easy. Like, it, yeah, I mean, it's just easy. And, and I'm not saying that maybe the WordPress version for PC wouldn't be just as simple, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have, she doesn't have the problems I remember having when I had a, a PC desktop or a PC laptop. It just wasn't the same ease of use, which maybe you're giving up some power or some functionality because of the ease of use portion. I don't know, but they did, Apple did a wonderful job building their brand around the fact of the creative individual of the sole proprietor of whatever it was that it's like, I just don't see how anybody's ever going to catch that. So it kind of makes sense to me, especially when, you know, everything that's being touted right now is business from home. Yeah. So that, that the person where, let's be honest, when you're do, when you're peddling a product and you're saying you're working for yourself, you're, you're a contractor is really what you are. Um, but they're able to do everything from a home-based business now. And Apple's always done such a good job branding that, that I think people just are wired, right? That's what marketing advertising is. It's wired to go that direction. Yeah. It doesn't, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So um, if you didn't know, this is our last episode, our last uh, express episode of uh 2020 and season three so thank you for being with us this whole time um yeah i think we we went over it in our uh final episode so we don't need to rehash kind of how we thought the season went here unless you had any specific thoughts jason no other than then you know based off of feedback i want to be a little bit stronger in my capitalistic approach um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no um I, I i just would love the feedback from yeah. people you know to know what topics they'd really like us to cover you know other things whether it's business oriented industry oriented or not you know and it's just pure-based opinion and somebody throws out stuff and we all kind of hash on it and it goes back and forth a little bit you know yeah it makes it more fun if uh if that I've, I've found that our audience is uh very reserved in that sense we get some feedback here and there but <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think you're probably right but no it'll be it'll be interesting to see i mean we're going into christmas here at this point right or the season of christmas and the holidays yeah um the freeways were pretty clear this morning on the way to the office which is scary for me um because they're usually the lockdown usually, 
Yeah. I mean, we're back into that garbage again and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. You know, I've got my reservations and whatnot and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit worried, but uh, you know, I do want everybody to stay safe to be able to enjoy the holidays. However, that is that they deem as best for them to do so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully it's not going to end in 2020, you know, December 31st to January 1st doesn't all go away. Right. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully we can get through whatever it is, you know, swiftly uh, and get on the right track. Yeah. So thank you for hanging with us all season, uh, listening to our additional commentary through Express. So um, please make sure to uh, stay subscribed so you know when we come back. Rate, review, um, share this with people. It's how we can keep it growing and we know what you want to hear, which topics resonate with you. So um, please let us know uh, and share share how you view our show. And then we have one more long-form episode coming out tomorrow, Wednesday. And that one is on off-grid homes, which Jason brought up. So uh, it was a good conversation. Got a lot of... Um, Nothing capitalist in that one. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> unique uh, input. So, so check that one out. And other than that, we will see you in 2021 for season four thanks this show is part of the gable media network you can check out similar content at gablemedia.com that's g-a-b-l media.com you can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. architecture firm owners and emerging leaders get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with build smart the podcast that's changing how our profession operates we share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host patrick mclaney faia former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's 
office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.